please make sure that your seatbelt securely fastened. At this time, I ask that all portable electronic devices be turned off. Thank you. Welcome to the first Vagabond Exchange episode of 2011. I'm Emily. Sitting across from me is William. Say hi, William. Hi. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Yes. Um, It's about halfway through January, Mm -hmm. so we're a little behind on our New Year greetings, but better late than never. Has been a while. Should we say happy holidays? We should. No. When did we do our last no, uh, podcast? Not. Is it November? I think so. Mm-hmm. Oh, well. We I hope everyone <laughs> oh, had a Merry oh, Christmas. Oh, well. And a very Happy New Year. And a Happy Hanukkah. Happy Hanukkah. Kwan, um, Kwanzaa. Kwanzaa. And, uh, Boxing Day. Boxing Day. That's, and, all, we, that's uh, all we know. Yeah. And we have MLK Day coming tomorrow. So, mm-hmm. happy MLK Day. Yes. Unless you're a clan member. <laughs> Just happy Monday. They don't observe MLK Day? Not, um... I wonder if uh, Ku Klux Klan members, if their company gives them the day off work, if they actually take the day off work. Because wouldn't it be, like, anti-clanish to take the day off work and observe that day? Well, they probably use the day to disparage Dr. King. <laughs> Or we I a rally or Instead something. of observing him, they disparage him. Right. I mean, what do atheists do on Christmas? They st- they don't work. How do you know? Do they? I don't know. I I'm don't know surprised. any atheists. Yeah. All right. Do you? Um. No. I don't I know, know any like public atheists. An agnostic. I know agnostics. Yes. Yeah. All right. Glad we got that out of the way. Yep. So, how was your holiday? It was fine. <laughs> it was, seems like it was a really long time ago. It does. But yeah, it was fun. I went home to Michigan for a few days mm-hmm. and saw all of my family members every day. It was very eventful. There was a lot going on. And that's about it. It's good. I'm not going to go into all the details of it. Okay. How was your holiday? Um, it was It was very good. I had a good holiday. Spent it with my dad. Good. And we had a white Christmas. We haven't had one since 1993. And by we, you mean Nashville. Nashville, yes. yes. No, just me and my dad. <laughs> right? <laughs> that, well, I just wanted you to clarify in case people thought yeah. you and your dad were in like, Sweden or something. Made snow or something. Yeah. Yeah. There was a white Christmas in Michigan, too. It was white the whole time I was there. Was it? Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's usually white in your part of Michigan anyway. Not at Christmas time. That's a misnomer about Michigan. Well, I wasn't talking about snow. Just <laughs> Democratics. Democratics? Is that what you said? Yeah. Democratics? Demographics. Oh. Anyway. Squib? <laughs> <laughs> um, so a lot's happened, like, lately. Mm-hmm. 
I was going to ask you a couple of things, your opinion on a couple of things, if you don't mind. Yeah, ask my opinion. What do you think of all these birds and fish? Just <laughs> I think it's coincidental. Dead? Coincidental? Yeah. What do you mean? I mean, I think it's coincidental that a bunch of birds and a bunch of You don't fish think anything's died. causing it? Well, I'm sure something's causing it, but I don't think that the two together are no. some sign of the apocalypse. But don't you think something odd's going on? Well, yeah, but I think there are a lot of oddities that we choose to ignore, such as but I'm not crazy it. weather patterns. Right. Yeah, so but I'm that's just, what I wonder if it's like global warming. Not global warming, but, but the some climatic. other phenomena. Yeah, because yeah. it's happening all over the world, not just here in the States. I just, you kind of caught me off guard with I'm this sorry. question. I'm not right, prepared well, let's, to answer. Let's I, move on. I haven't really given him more thought than, gosh, that's weird. Okay. Uh, what do you think? No, William, what do you think about it? No, I just think there's something odd going on, and I don't know what it is. But it, it scares me a little bit. I don't just go, I mean, I'm not talking about you, but other people just, <laughs> oh, birds and fish are dying, no big whoop. Something's going on. If it's, if it's happening in Alabama, Arkansas, Sweden, no, like no big whoop. Brazil, <laughs> right? there's an issue. This is true, there is an issue. So I don't know if there's some kind of chemical warfare going on, or... I just, I think it's odd. I agree. However. It could be the beginning of something. I try not to get into conspiracy theories about things like that because it just kind of drives you crazy. It makes mm-hmm. you very pessimistic towards the world. And I'm pessimistic enough. Okay. So that's what I think. All right. So what do you think about this uh, this homeless guy from Columbus, Ohio that they plucked? Off the streets. Well, I don't know, like, the very latest about him. So, to recap the story, and correct me if I miss any details here, there was a homeless man in Cleveland, correct? Columbus. Columbus. Who was, who was like, a panhandler on the side of the road who had a sign that said something about his golden pipes, and he would sing or talk for food, right? Or right. money. Right. So some like news affiliate was driving down the road and rolled down his window and said, "Okay, man, you got to work for it." And when the guy talked, he had this really great. And they had a video camera. Yes, so they, had yeah. a video camera too. Um, he had this great like announcer voice, for lack of a better word. Right. Um, and apparently, the video spread like wildfire, and all of a sudden, this guy was getting job offers and help and money and was off the streets and on the couch um, of the Today Show. Yep. And, uh, but the, something happened after that, right? Well, a couple of things have happened. Okay. Well, first of, first of all, let me say the guy's name is uh, Ted Williams. Yes. And his mother said that his uh, father actually named him after the baseball player. Because oh, he liked... Ted, Ted Williams, Williams was his favorite baseball player. Huh. Which is cool. Weird. Yeah. But, <laughs> or cool. Whatever. <laughs> um, since... The guy has gotten famous. He's had a couple of uh, yeah incidents. His, he was in L.A. to see his daughter for some reason. I don't know if they were just having a reunion or what. Right. But apparently they got in a shouting ma- match in a hotel room. Right. And the police were called. So they were taken down to the... Uh, precinct. Precinct. They weren't arrested. I like the word precinct. I do think you? It's, I, think it's, I like the word indicted. I don't know do why. Do you? Yeah. We've been watching The Wire too much. <laughs> and close it, the closer. The closer, yeah, that's true. 
Um, and then I guess he's still, and he's admitted that he's a he's had a he's, he's, a, a, he's a recovering alcoholic, right? right? He's been, his story was that he'd been sober for two years. Well, he'd been off of uh, drugs for two and a half years. Okay, but I, I'm not sure about alcohol. Still he didn't mention bottle. that. Okay. Yeah. But he also said that he was a functioning alcoholic, so right. even when he was drinking, he was able to work. Right. So apparently, he's still having issues with drinking. alcohol, so okay. he's gone into rehab. Okay. So I think that's the last, that's where we are now. Okay. He's in rehab. What and you- it, again, I go back to being a skeptical person, because when I saw him on the Today Show and watched all these very heartwarming clips of him... One side of me was like, gosh, that's great. But a larger side of me was like, you almost you almost don't want it to happen because you know there's going to be an ultimate letdown, right? Yeah. Like, the guy's really twitchy. Like, he still kind of acts like... Yeah, he's like, got the junkie man- mannerisms. Right, yeah. right. And you can't tell if it's because he's on something or because he just did drugs for so long that that's kind of... You just kind of take on those mannerisms. Yeah, I think that's it. Like, Courtney Love. She's- yeah, like, she's still strung out even when she's not strung out. Right. And so I guess there was a part of me when I'm watching, and and another part of me was like, I hope that he has people around him who help him make good decisions because I think the tendency when somebody's got such a great talent like that is to like, just how can I make money off this? Bleed them dry and then... Exactly. And so I'm fearful that he doesn't have people around him who have his best interest at heart. And he's... Because he said in the interview with Matt Lauer... um, he thanked somebody and said, yeah, I'm not even sure what half of this stuff is that I'm being offered. And I was like, oh, that's yeah. if you're not signing. Oprah actually says this, which I kind of appreciate. And she says it mostly to women. It's like if you have ever come into money or you have, you know, your own money, whatever, make sure that you sign every check. And that was kind of what I thought of with this guy I was like, I hope he's not. Yeah. I you mean, know? he's mentioned a guy a couple of times and I forget his name, but. Yeah. He's supposed to be his manager. I don't know where he found him. If it's like just... the dude from Big Lebowski. Like that's what I picture. Just right. some dude he like <laughs> encountered. Yeah, man, I got it. But you figure this guy's got to have a handler or something, somebody right. to be there all the time. Like John Belushi had a guy that's because he was so bad with drugs and stuff. Some right. guy that watched him because there were people slipping stuff into his pockets. Yeah. And you kind of think that this is going to happen. Happen to this Because guy. especially with the media, they build you up to tear you down. Right. And that's what I'm afraid of for him. Yeah. So. So that's my opinion. Okay. What's your opinion? I, I think it's a, a great story. Right. And I hope it turns out well. Yes. But when you, when you have an addiction like that, it's not just something you can turn around and walk away from. It's right. something you struggle with for the rest of your life. And it's hard for a person with a fairly simple life to face that challenge. Right. To go to meetings and and not get involved with people who would promote that lifestyle, not go places. When you're a celebrity, that's kind of like what you do, you know? Right. You party. Yeah, and I mean, he's not only does he have to go to meetings and stuff like that, mm-hmm. he's also got the pressure of all these new jobs. Right, exactly. That's a lot for like, that's a lot for me to handle. Right, and then he's got you know he hasn't seen his he hadn't seen his mother in twenty years. Right, he's got nine kids, right. so he's right. got a lot to deal with. That's a lot of pressure. Right. So, we wish him well. Agreed. People in recovery, you know, uh, uh, we're fragile. We're very fragile, and I mean. 
you jump out of this car, there's a camera there, you roll down your window just to flip a cigarette out the window, and there's somebody that points at you. Can I take a picture with you? Can I take a picture with you? Can I Remember, I, a week ago, was holding a sign where people wouldn't have given me the time of day. Today we are, today's the 17th, or the 16th, Sunday the 16th, yeah. and it's the um, day of the Golden Globe uh, award show, telecasted on some channel, and hosted by Ricky Gervais. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we're going to watch it tonight. Maybe get some wings and watch oh, it. Oh, that's a good <laughs> idea. Hello. I'm just, <laughs> hello. <laughs> that's funny. So that, and drink wine. We have two bottles of wine to get through before we go to bed tonight. I want you to try that. I, I did. Just, I took a sip of real. Oh, did you like it? Yeah. It's, um... Ding, ding. Can you pronounce that? Valmacine. Uh, it's Domaine de Valmoisine, I think. It's a Pinot. Louis Latour. Maison Louis Latour. 2008, which was a good year. It was a good year. <laughs> I feel like that's what you're supposed to say when you drink wine. (laughs) I'm totally not, like, I enjoy wine. I have, like, a certain, I kind of know, like, certain things to avoid that I don't like. Like, I don't like anything spicy, Mm -hmm. like peppery. And I mainly like Cabernet. But that's about it. I don't really get, like, I don't really get it. So I feel out of place talking about wine. Well... I saw a movie once where a woman was dating a musician, and she said, I have a brother that knows everything about music except what he likes. Right, she right. Said, and she said, I'm the opposite. And that's how I am about wine. I know what, I don't know anything about it, really, but right. I know when I enjoy when you like it. it. Yeah. yeah. What movie was that? Uh, Paris Blues. It's uh, Paul oh. Newman, Joanne Woodward. I have to watch it sometime. Yes. We were going to watch Paul Newman movie this we week. We still are. We don't have time for all this. <laughs> I'm sorry. All right. Anyway. Okay. Whoa. Easy. Easy. Yeah. And for the record, um, we both have the day off. We were supposed to both have the day off tomorrow as our company um, observes Martin Luther King Day. But I got a new job. Congratulations, by the way. Thank you. I appreciate it. Um, <laughs> and the uh, the company that I work for, even though it's really part of my company that I used to work for, doesn't observe that day. So I'm going to be traveling to another office tomorrow and thus can't conclude our fun three-day weekend that we had planned. No. So I'm bummed. But... And me being lucky enough to be in Emily's life, I get to get up at (laughs) 5 o'clock in the morning to take it to the airport. I told you that you didn't have to do that. I know. All right. And I thank you in advance yeah. for getting up early on your day off. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Um, so anyway, the so Golden, Golden Globes. Globes. Yes, sorry. We digressed. Want to go over some of these nominations? Yes, I do. All right. Well. Do you want me to start? Sure. Okay. So the uh, first category is Best Motion Picture Drama. Um, the movies in this category... Hey, we've seen all these movies. Go That's us. That's good. Black Swan, The Fighter, Inception, uh, The King's Speech, and The Social Network. And we've reviewed all of these um, except oh. for Black Swan, The Fighter, and The King's Speech, which we'll review in a moment. Right. So, 
So actually, we haven't reviewed any of these except for Inception in the Social Network. Right. Right. That's what I said. Just like I said. (laughs) (laughs) Try to pay attention. No, you said we've reviewed all of these. Like, but the majority we haven't. Except for (laughs) three out of the five. Don't be mean to me. All right. Sorry. Um, So, uh, who do you think should win in that category? I know what you're going to say. Do you? Yep. I'm going to say the Social Network. It's the best movie I've seen this year or last year. I've been thinking about this Mm -hmm. for a while because we've had this conversation about how you think The Social Network was the best movie of the year. Yeah. And here's why I agree with you that The the Social Network was the best movie of the year. Mm -hmm. I think the reason why I can't completely say that it would be my pick for for best movie or whatever is because it was such a good movie. I'm so irritated by, like, this whole generation of, like, smart, smart-ass, like, punk boys who think they know every... It's like the new generation of the good old boys club. Like, I don't really think that girls are appreciated in their circles. I, I guess because the, mo- because the characters in the movie are people you don't like. I can't like that movie. I can't, like, get behind it 100%. That's probably why I do like it. Right. Okay. Because you're that guy. No, just, I'm, just, I'm just kidding. But it's nice to watch a movie and you don't actually cheer for the characters. Right, right. But there's a part of you that hates them and there's also a part of you that wants to be them, want, admires them. Maybe you don't want to be the smug asshole that, uh, what's his name is, Mark Zuckerberg is. Right, right. But there's a part of you that wishes that you had that kind of intelligence. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Absolutely. An ambition to be able right. to do something like right. that. And maybe you do have that ambition and intelligence. I'm just saying, for me, that's how <laughs> it is. May I case and maybe. So. Jury's out. Um, but yes, I agree with you. I do think that... W- I th- I, my prediction is that that will win the but award. But what would you choose? What was your best motion picture drama? I don't. I guess that would be it. I guess the fighter is a really close second. I like the King's speech, but mm. I think the 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 better parts of that movie. Well, we'll get into that later. But I that movie wasn't as well rounded as The Social Network. I don't think the fighter would be a really really close second. Okay. Just because I thought every character in that movie like was so well developed and brought something to the movie, etc. Okay. Okay. Um, best performance by an actress in a motion picture drama. Yes. yes. Halle Berry, Frankie and Alice, Nicole Kidman, Rabbit Hole, Jennifer Lawrence, Winter's Bone, Natalie Portman, Black Swan, Michelle Williams, Blue Valentine. And we've only seen three of these women. We haven't seen Rabbit Hole or Frankie and Alice. Right. So of the three that we've seen, I'd pick Michelle Williams for Blue Valentine. You know what? I would do the same thing. And I think we can both agree that Natalie Portman, that was probably her best performance. Absolutely. And before I saw Blue Valentine, I would have picked Natalie Portman. Right. But But Blue Valentine was, yeah. Michelle Williams was perfect. Talk about perfect character development. Yeah. That was great. Yeah. Okay, so best performance by an actor in a motion picture drama. Mm-hmm. Jesse Eisenberg for The Social Network, Colin Firth for The King's Speech, James Franco, 127 Hours, Ryan Gosling for Blue Valentine, or Mark Wahlberg for The Fighter. And we've seen all of these. We have. Ooh, that's a tough one. I'll, I'll tell you who I, I want to win, and I tell, I'll tell you who okay. will win. 
I think we Colin Firth is going to win. Right. But Jesse Eisenberg yeah. just it was like a shoe fitting the foot perfectly. Yes, yes. He's my he's my pick for best actor. Yeah. If I had to place a bet, I'd say Jesse Eisenberg. However, I honestly wouldn't be unhappy if any of these people won. I thought Mark Wahlberg was great in The Fighter. Ryan Gosling was awesome. Yeah, like Ryan Gosling. Ooh, see, that's tough. Ryan Gosling and Colin Firth. They both did great jobs with those parts. Yeah. I almost wish Colin Firth would have won last year. That way Jesse right. Eisenberg would probably win it this, this year. year. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But yeah, honestly, this category, I'd be happy for any of them. Any of them. Yeah. yeah. Uh, best motion picture, comedy, or musical. Alice in Wonderland, Burlesque, The Kids Are All Right, Red, and The Tourist. This seems like a pretty weak. Yeah, it does. And we've yeah. only seen two of these, right? Uh, yeah. Well, you saw Burlesque without me. I did. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Um, I get. I would definitely pick The Kids Are All Right. I don't even have to see the rest of that crap. Yeah. But I'd be shocked if it didn't win. Alice in Wonderland, like, if you're talking about cinematography, I'd be like, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, visually, but, yes. Right. But yeah. the kids are all right. That was just a great movie. Great movie, yeah. Yeah. Uh, best performance by an actress in a motion picture, comedy, or musical? Annette Benning, The Kids Are All Right. Anne Hathaway, Love and Other Drugs. Angelina Jolie, The Tourist. Julianne Moore, The Kids Are All Right. And Emma Stone for Easy A. Um, I'm going to go with Annette Benning. Agreed. Although Emma Stone was, was she great. was really good, and I would love to see her win, but I don't think she's going to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, best performance by an actress in a supporting role in a motion picture: Amy Adams for The Fighter, Helena bon- Bonham Carter for The King's Speech, Mila mm-hmm. is it Mila Kunis for Black Swan. Melissa Leo for The Fighter and Jackie Weaver for Animal Kingdom, which we haven't seen yet. Right. That's tough, too, because I've heard that she's really good in that movie, Jackie mm-hmm. Weaver. Um, I would go with Mila Kunis, and I love me some Helena Bonham Carter, but I just thought that Mila Kunis did really well in that she role. She did. I'm going to go with uh, Melissa Leo, because oh. out of all the supporting performances, that one... Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. That's true. In fact, I don't. I really. I mean, I like the movie, but I don't want anybody else to win for that movie except for her. Just because I oh. have favorites in, a, yeah, yeah, in yeah, other yeah. categories. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah I, I'll, I'm just gonna stick with that. That'll be my pick. Okay. Best performance by an actor in a supporting role in a motion picture. Mm-hmm. Christian Bale for The Fighter. Michael Douglas, Wall Street. Is that a semicolon? Semicolon, money never sleeps. <laughs> it's a colon. Colon, Wall Street, colon, money never sleeps. Andrew Garfield, The Social Network, Jeremy Renner, The Town, and Jeffrey Rush, The King's Speech. Okay. I'm going to, I it's, think Christian Bale may win it, but mm-hmm. I'm going to pick Andrew Garfield. He was my favorite. I'm going with Christian Bale because I liked him, but... I would not be unhappy if the following people won. Andrew Garfield, Jeremy Renner, or Jeffrey Rush. Yeah, I think they're all worthy except for Michael Douglas. Agreed. Which, I don't blame him. I just blame the okay. screenplay. It wasn't that yeah. well written. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, best yes. animated feature film, mm-hmm. Despicable Me, How to Train Your Dragon, The Illusionist, Tangled, and Toy Story 3. And we've only seen one of those, <laughs> so I don't know. Oops. And I hear Toy Story 3 is just really good. I've heard that, too. So. So. 
I'll pick that one without knowing what it's about. I mean, what, that I've seen it. What You know what I mean. <laughs> uh, for best foreign language film, uh-huh. uh, Beautiful, The Concert, The Edge, I Am Love, and In a Better World, which we haven't seen any of those. But we plan on watching I Am, I am love, love soon. Right. So, so I'm not going yay. to. Yeah. <laughs> um, best Director, Motion Picture, Darren Aronofsky for Black Swan, David Fincher for The Social Network, Tom Hooper for The King's Speech, Hooper, Christopher Nolan for Inception, and David O. Russell for The Fighter. Okay, I'm going to go with David Fincher. Mm-hmm. Fincher. I was going to say Darren Aronofsky, but I thought that Black Swan was directed very similarly to The Wrestler. So that's why I would pick. In what way? David Fincher, or I'm sorry, uh, Darren Aronofsky loves those like um, behind the shoulder shots, mm-hmm. like where he follows someone walking. And he also likes uh, really showing off like people's pain, I guess, because there's a lot of that. Like, there's just one part in Black Swan, and it's in the trailer, so I don't think I'm giving anything away. Where Natalie Portman's like picking oh, yeah. stuff out of her skin, and they had the exact same shot in The Wrestler, where he's like picking oh. staples out of his skin. Mm-hmm. It just was very reminiscent to me. So I see, that's good. That's why I'm picking David Fincher. Uh, I would pick David Fincher as well. Although Christopher Nolan, that was that was good too. A very yeah. well directed film. I'm sure that took a lot of hard work because there's so many special effects in that movie. Right. Yeah. If you had to go like uh, te- like best technical director, I would choose him. Christopher Nolan. Yeah. Yeah. But it's not so too bad. <laughs> best screenplay, motion picture. Uh, is it Simon Bouf- Beaufoy? Simon Beaufoy mm-hmm. and Danny Boyle for 127 hours. Christopher Nolan for Inception, Stuart Blumberg and Lisa Cholodenko, The Kids Are All Right, David Seidler, The King's Speech, Seidler, and Aaron Sorkin for The Social Network. This one's easy for me. Aaron Sorkin Sorkin. for me. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Best original score motion picture, Alexander Desplat. 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 The King's Speech. Danny Elfman, Alice in Wonderland, A.R. Rahman, 127 Hours, Trent Reznor, and Atticus Ross, The Social Network, and Hans Zimmer, Inception. I'm going with The King's Speech on that one. Okay. I'm going with The Social Network. Just, I don't know if you recall me mentioning the music when we walked out of that Yes, I do recall. But I, I, yeah. And I think that will win just because of Trent Reznor. You think so? Yeah, absolutely. Because Danny Elfman's been around a long time. He's done a lot of... Yeah, but Trent Reznor is very like trendy, like cutting edge. Trent okay. Reznor. We'll see. Best original song, motion picture, bound yeah. to what? Oh, go ahead. No. No, we really don't have a dog in this race. We haven't seen any of these movies. Whatever, coming home from country strong. Yeah, I don't know any of these songs either. Two of them are from Burlesque, one from Country Strong, one from Tangled, and one from The Chronicles of Narnia. Carrie Underwood? Huh. It's kind of weak. Yeah. Boo. We're not voting for any of these songs. (laughs) We're writing in for that category. Oh. Best television series drama. Boardwalk Uh Empire, Dexter, The Good Wife, Mad Men, and The Walking Dead. 
we're in the can for The Walking Dead, we right? Because we love that show. Yeah. And it's time for Mad Men. I mean, they've won three times in a row, I think. So. Yeah. Although I've heard good things about all those shows, so, yeah. you know, whatever. <laughs> Best performance by an actress in a television series, Juliana Margulies for The Good Wife, Elizabeth Moss, Mad Men, Piper Paraboo, Piper Paraboo, really? Covert Affairs, Katie Seagal, Sons of Anarchy, and Kira Sedgwick, The Closer. I wonder why they don't have the network next to Piper Paraboo and Katie Seagal's, Seagal's name. Yeah, that's... Weird. Mm-hmm. Weird. Who are you going oh, with? Uh, Hello. Well, I haven't watched any of these except for The Closer, and she won last year. Well, no, she didn't win the Golden Globe. She um, won something, though, didn't she? Won she won an Emmy, I think. Oh. So I'm just going to say Kira Sed- Sedgwick, because that's the only show I've watched. Uh, yeah, Juliana Margulies won last year, didn't she? Yeah. Yeah. I like Elizabeth Moss in Mad Men. Okay. And not Piper Paraboo, that's all I'm saying. Why? She annoys me. <laughs> uh, best performance by an actor in a television series drama. Steve Buscemi, Boardwalk Empire, Brian Cranston, Breaking Bad, Michael C. Hall, Dexter, John Hamm, Mad Men, and Hugh Laurie House. Only because he's my future ex-husband, I'm rooting for John Hamm. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go for Steve Buscemi. Okay. Just because... You're mixing it up. Best television series, comedy or musical, 30 Rock, The Big Bang Theory, The Big C, Glee, Modern Family, and Nurse Jackie. Um, I'm going to go for The Big Bang Theory, although I don't think it will win. But Big Bang Theory is my favorite show. I really liked the first season of Nurse Jackie, but I haven't seen the second one yet, so mm-hmm. I can't really add that one. Glee is great, but it annoys me a teensy bit. And 30 Rock has won like 8 billion times. So right. I would say the Big Bang Theory. And I've never seen the Big C yeah. next Tuesday. <laughs> um, best. Well, the Big C stands for cancer. I was joking. Oh, okay. <laughs> Although that would be better. <laughs> uh, best performance by an actress in a television series, comedy, or musical. Tony Collette. <laughs> United States of Terror, Edie Falco, Nurse Jackie, Tina Fey, 30 Rock, Laura Linney, The Big C, and Leah Michelle for Glee. I'm going Edie Falco on this one. I'm going Laura Linney. Okay. Best I, I hope Leah Michelle doesn't win. Me too. Best performance by an actor in a television series, comedy, or musical. Alec Baldwin, 30 Rock, Steve Carell, The Office, Thomas Jane, Hung, uh, Matthew Morrison, Glee, or Jim Parsons for The Big Bang Theory? Uh, I'm going to go for Steve Carell just because this is his last year. I'm Although, going. actually, this he could win He could next win next year, year. yeah. yeah. Um, but I'm still going to say Steve Carell. I'm going Jim Parsons. Okay. Uh, let's not do best miniseries because we haven't seen any of these. No. Okay. Um, no. Okay. Uh, no. No. Oh, did you see Luther? Oh, Idris Elba. Yeah, yeah. We need to pick that back up. Uh, Is that it? Wait, you're going too fast. Sorry. Scroll down, scroll down. Best performance by an actor in a supporting role. Chris Colfer for Glee. Chris Noth for The Good Wife. I guess we don't really watch those shows. No. 
Okay. All right. That's it. We're not giving you any more predictions because we don't know what we're talking about. Yeah. So we got about two and a half hours before the show starts. Right. So quickly get this edited and out so people can see if we're right or wrong. <laughs> right. Just kidding. Just kidding. So yeah, that thus concludes our 2011 Golden Globe nominations segment. Yep. Stay tuned. In a stay- couple of weeks, it'll be the Oscars. Yep. So stay tuned. Stay tuned. Visit our concession and see for yourself the delicious treats, drinks, and snacks awaiting you. If you are thirsty, try ice-cold soft drinks or a cup of hot, flavorful coffee. Get something to go with it, like a sizzling and satisfying hot dog or a tasty, tender sandwich. Try one of these delicious treats, and you'll be back at the concession for more before the show is over. Okay, so we saw some movies in the last month that we want to talk about. Right, yes. right, William? Mm-hmm. Um, let's just go down the list. What do you say? Okay. Um, so we spent New Year's Eve in Toronto and, of course, went to the movies while we were there because that's what we do. And um, actually, we saw The Fighter here, didn't we? Yeah. Fighter. Um, so, yes, The Fighter is based on the true story of two brothers who were both uh, boxing boxers. Boxing boxers. <laughs> Um, named Dickie Eklund and Mickey Ward, right? Mm-hmm. That was their first and last names. Um, Dickie Eklund, who had a drug problem after a few fights and kind of went down in flames. And Mickey Ward, who apparently had some success after stepping out of his brother's shadow. Um, so the movie's set in Lowell, Massachusetts, which is outside of Boston. And basically, it's more the story of the dynamic of this family. Melissa Leo plays this kind of psycho matriarch, I guess you could say, like very manipulative, um, very body, larger than life character. Yeah. And Amy Adams portrays Mark Wahlberg's girlfriend. All right. That's it. Okay. <laughs> and she actually, you, you're accustomed to seeing Amy Adams as kind of the sweet. Right, right, right. Chick, but she's like tough as nails, kind yeah. of girlfriend, takes no mess. Yeah, exactly. And Kicks ass and takes names. Right. She's uh, there to kick ass and chew bubble gum, and she's all out of bubble gum. <laughs> or right? kick ass and drink milk, and she's... <laughs> all out of milk. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Dickie, what's his last name? Eklund? Yeah, and his uh, claim to fame is actually... Oh, he knocked out down Sugar, Sugar Ray Leonard. Allegedly knocked right, right. down Sugar Ray Leonard. Right. Um, I uh, I enjoyed the movie. Christian Bale it. was excellent. He was awesome. Yeah. Melissa Leo was excellent. Uh, Amy Adams and Mark Wahlberg, you know, filled the roles nicely. Wow. Yeah. And um, you know, we talked about I had an issue with, uh, but you've been to Lowell, Massachusetts. I have been to Lowell, Massachusetts. And I, but I said I had an issue with all these movies about Boston coming out lately where all the women seem like, you know, rolled hard, put away wet yes. types. But you said they're, it's... It is, it's kind of like that, kind of. Right. It's just very, very hardened, kind of. I, I think in places where industry has sort of raped the towns because it's sort of like that in the town near where i grew up flint michigan everyone just looks kind of worn out and i realize that's stereotyping because not everybody's like that but after life sort of beats on you for generations i think people look sort of take take that on yeah so but 
it was part of the story too, right? I mean, right. he had these like Dicky and Mickey had like these seven sisters or something and they all had like different parents and were related differently. So it was kind of like funny tongue in cheek look at how this family dynamic was set up. But all of the sisters were hideous. So. Yeah. They all looked like they had been like beaten severely. <laughs> they and, had like deformities. Right. And the hair just looked like somebody stuck a firecracker in it. And... Hoped for the best. <laughs> right. But first of all, uh, Christian Bale lost approximately 86 pounds for this role. So he's like emaciated. It, it's, it was almost, so good it was scary his portrayal of this crackhead basically Mm -hmm. and so the movie is set around what they think is a documentary about him as a boxer but it turns out to be a documentary about crack in america that they all kind of figure out later on in the movie but um yeah it's just very interesting commentary i think on the socioeconomic dynamic of that town yeah um so i would recommend seeing it I would recommend seeing it. Uh, it wasn't my favorite movie of the year. I mean, it's it's a really good movie, mm-hmm. but there's a part of me that feels like I've seen bits and pieces of it before sure. in other films. Sure. But it's done really well, and Christian Bale was was great. So, yes, yes, I, w- I would recommend it. Me too. Okay. So now's the time where we oh. compare our ratings against that of IMDb.com. So I would give it a. I'd just give it a solid eight. I would give it a seven point five. Jeremy, Jeremy Piven. 8.3. 8.3. It's really good. There we go. Yeah. Okay. Um, so we also checked out The King's Speech, which we talked about a little bit in our Golden Globe nominations. The King's Speech stars Colin Firth, um, Helena Bonham Carter, Jeffrey Rush, Guy Pierce. Yeah. And I guess that's all kind of the forerunners. But, and I don't, I can't remember what king he is because I get them all mixed up. King George the fifth. Sure. We'll find out. <laughs> um, but basically this particular, it start when, as the movie starts out, he's just a Duke. Um, and he's got this really debilitating speech impediment. Um, the first scene kind of opens on him giving a speech to some crazy crowd and he basically just chokes and has to leave. Right. But um, it's about how his wife sort of pushes him to get past it because as the story evolves, you see that he becomes the king and has to give speeches as the country is taken into World War II with the insurge of Hitler's army. And Guy Pierce plays his brother. Right. He actually becomes the king. Right. But... Like rescinds the throne. Right. Because of some woman. (laughs) (laughs) Some American at that. But... um, But the story ultimately is about this relationship between Jeffrey Rush's character, who plays a speech therapist, and between King George, um, and how they, through these the series of sort of unconventional techniques, they get past his affliction. Not not even past it. They deal with yes, yes. They come up with methods to, that allow him to incite. And from what I've read, wonderful speeches that kept the country calm through. This insurgent. Trying time, yeah. Right, exactly, exactly. And there was one other thing that I was going to say. Oh, and Helena Bottom Carter was really great in it. She plays his wife, who she's the queen mom now, right? Queen mom, right? And the daughter that the, the small daughter is Queen Elizabeth. Elizabeth. So Helena Bottom's Carter, Helena Bottom Carter's character is the queen mom. Okay. Right. Sure, but you're saying that as if she's still alive. She is. Is she? Yes. Wow. How old is she? 
she's like 140 years old. <laughs> no, she's old. She's old, but she's still... Because there's Queen Elizabeth, who you see on TV, and then there's right. the Queen Mom, who's like old, old, old. Wow. I, didn't I think know that's that. right. Okay. Now you're making me question myself. I, I don't know. <laughs> Hi. I don't know about you Brits. All this <laughs> I'm royalty. Not, crap. I'm not British. <laughs> um, so I thought this was really great. It's a very emotional story, especially if you've ever suffered with any kind of like public or just any affliction that causes you to be uncomfortable in public. It's very like so you're sort of gripping the edge of your seat, like hoping that this guy gets it and can push through it. So it's a very a very uh, victorious film, too. Right. So I would definitely recommend it. Yeah, I would, too. And, yeah, it's like um, he's definitely a guy you cheer for throughout yeah. the film. Yeah. And to imagine, you know, it's hard enough to stand in front of a group of, like, 15 people right. and try to you know, Find give some words. kind of presentation, yeah. whether you have an affliction or not. And then to have this guy, he has to speak to a nation, and not only that, but he has to calm their fears and kind of lead them in the, in the uh, the right direction. So the fact that he overcame that it's it's a, it's a wonderful story, and I would definitely recommend it. Um, it, it carries with it certain cliches that you see in, right. in English films, um, but I you mean, can get past it. It's like a Merchant Ivory kind of feel to it. <laughs> yeah, that's good. <laughs> but like uh, but no, definitely it's one of the best movies of the year. Agreed. So, what would you give it? I'd give this one an 8 as well. Um, yes, I would give it the same. And IMDb gives eight. it an 8.6. That's really good. So, King, King George, George the 6th of Britain has impromptu ascension. So, so, maybe she is queen. Of, I thought I had read that her... Yeah. Oh. Right? So she's Queen Elizabeth. So the daughter that was in that movie was is the queen queen that we know now. Okay. But I think if you look at the queen, it's Helen Mirren who plays Let's the, look it up later. All right. <laughs> Shows how much we know. <laughs> I think I'm right. I'm I'm staking a wager on that right now. So you're saying she's the queen mum. I'm saying Helena Bonham's character is the woman who we now know as the queen mum. And that the daughter, the oldest daughter in the film, is who we know as Queen Elizabeth. That we see on TV all the time. Right, right. So this Helen Whose grandson is getting married. Right. Right. So who is the queen that Helen Mirren played? I don't know. Okay. (laughs) I don't know if she's the queen mom or the queen. Well, she's the one that dealt with Queen Elizabeth, or Queen, uh, Princess Diana's death. So it would have been the The, queen. That's the queen That we know now. Right. Yeah, yeah. All right. Anyway. Sorry about that. Yeah. Somebody <laughs> could straighten us out. Somebody. Or we could, since we have things <laughs> access to things like the internet. Right. But I want somebody and to write books. in. <laughs> <laughs> Joe? Seriously, where Joe's are you, gone. Joe? Joe's gone. He's forgotten about us. Yeah. He's probably stuck in, like, Nebraska or something on his way to Boston. Yeah. Okay, so the next movie that we saw was True Grit, which stars the illustrious... Uh, Jeff Bridges. Bridges. I always get Jeff Bridges and Jeff Daniels mixed up. <laughs> um, Haley Steinfeld, newcomer Haley Steinfeld. Matt Damon. Um, who else was in it? That's really the, the big three. Oh, your boy, oh, Josh. James, Josh Brolin. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and you tell the story because I don't really know 
Uh, True Grit is about a young woman whose father is killed by some outlaw. Right. uh, Played by Josh Brolin. I can't remember why he was killed. Something silly, like, because they were friends. The outlaw and his father, her father had befriended this guy and he took advantage of it and shot him and took took his money because he was a gambler, right? Yeah, Yeah, yeah. Okay. And uh, so Haley Steinfeld comes into town and tries to, she wants to avenge her father's death. Right. And she's a very bright and articulate. Precocious. Precocious young woman. <laughs> she, uh, a lot of, you know, men in the town would try to take advantage of her intellectually, but she's she's pretty much she above outwits, everyone. Yeah, she outwits everyone in the yep. movie. Yes. So she has a choice of men to choose from to pick, to chase down Josh the Josh Brolin character. Right. She chooses Jeff Bridges as kind of a down and out uh Bou- bounty, bounty hunter. hunter. That's the word, yeah. He's dirty and drunk. A souse, yeah. And, yeah. And then uh so she chooses him and they they go out to get this guy and then Matt Damon tags along. He's a bounty hunter as well. Yeah, right? but weird. Yeah. And so, see, it's hard to give the synopsis yeah, for this movie. Well, and then it's it's kind of a road trip western, right? And this is a remake, right? Yeah, for uh, a John Wayne movie called True Grit. True Grit, yeah. yeah, yeah, which I heard is really cheesy. It it is. It was on uh, last week when we yeah were, we kind of watched it. Yeah, kinda. Um, but uh, it's a we should mention it's a Coen Brothers movie, right. and so I love the Coen Brothers, but I also hold them to. High, high standard. Right. So I really enjoyed the movie. It was, you know, well-directed, great cinematography. Matt Damon was, was awesome in it. <laughs> um, all the, I mean, all the characters were really good. But I think we both agree that Jeff Bridges kind of kind of chewed on his words a little yeah. bit. He was really hard. His, the, his character's name is Rooster Cogburn. So right. you expect him to be like, well, you know, like that old West chewing well, on a piece of straw. I like uh, the guys in No Country for Old Men, like Tommy Lee Jones or... Um, the guy that he go, Tommy Lee Jones goes to visit in that house with all the cats. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah! I know you're Barry talking Corbin, about Barry Corbin. I think his name is. Yeah, I expected kind of a, that kind of draw, but it was it was almost overdone. Yeah, and yeah. you you couldn't understand him for I would say forty percent of the movie, <laughs> right? Well, <laughs> you laugh at me like I'm crazy. Well, I could understand a little, a little bit more than that, but yeah, I understand what you're saying. Yeah, he he really overdid it with that accent. Yeah. But the movie was um, wittier than I thought it was going to be. Matt Damon was pretty, yeah, pretty was funny, and even Haley Steinfeld's yeah. character, Maddie Ross, she was very, she was funny too. Yeah, and was, I like the language that. They, sorry, I keep well, interrupting. Well, that's what, that's one thing I it kind of the language like you you were going to say it's it's very literate. Like right. all these people have read like a hundred thousand. So, and uh, that was almost a criticism of mine. But then when I was watching the other movie, the original, a lot of the lines are the exact same. same. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe it was the way, because it's taken from a book. So maybe, I've never read the book, but maybe that's... Well, and there was, I mean, English, the way it was spoken then was better than the way that we speak now. You know what I mean? There weren't as, there wasn't as much slang. It was more traditional, like old English, as opposed to like... Hey man, what's up? Right, but you look at these guys and you figure these guys aren't shouldn't be that educated. I would say I would contend that the girl was as educated as she came across, and maybe Matt Damon's character, but like oh Barry Pepper's in this movie too. Like, oh yeah, Barry Pepper. Uh, but yeah, like Jeff Bridges. Oh, maybe you're right. Yeah. yeah, when you think about it. Yeah. yeah. Okay. 
Really? Yeah. I changed your mind you about something. You changed my mind. Yeah. Huh. So, okay. So, are you done? Yeah. Okay, I didn't know. I didn't want to cut you off. I'm done with my review, too. Uh, oh. oh. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would give this one a seven and a half. Uh, I would give it an eight. So, that one came out 40 years ago? That's yeah. crazy. 8.3. A tough U.S. Marshal helps a stubborn young woman track down her father's murderer. There we go. That's all we needed. I think the original is the only one that uh, John Wayne won an Oscar for. Oh, really? Yeah. And what's funny is that this one didn't get any... Well, Haley Steinfeld got a nomination, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But you would expect more when the Coen Brothers movie comes out. Especially totally. when it's not a dud. I would have expected them to be nominated, the right. Coen Brothers. But I think it's made more money than any other movie they've done. So. Well, how do you like there that? There you go. And I think off of the success, I think a lot of people may have been expecting like No Country for Old Men caliber because it was kind of that dusty, yeah, yeah. Yeah. but it wasn't. No, and you were disappointed. I could tell. (laughs) (laughs) You built yourself, but I can't. I can't do that. I can't like say okay if it's a drama, it has to be like Fargo, and if it's like Western, (laughs) it has to be like No Country for Old Men. But that's been. I mean, the A Serious Man was very disappointing too. It was. Okay. Um, so a few, well, I guess we saw that. Did we see Black Swan while we were in Toronto? No, we saw it uh, last week. That's right, because the theater was packed right. two weeks in a row. Um, <laughs> so last week we went and checked out Black Swan, which, as aforementioned, we ch- uh, stars Natalie Portman, Mila Kunis, Vincent Cassel, mm-hmm. French, Frenchie McFrencherton, <laughs> Vincent Cassel, um, who is her mom? Marry oh, uh, Barbara Hershey. Barbara Hershey. Marry somebody. Barbara <laughs> Hershey. And that's all the people that I know from that movie. Um, but Black Swan is basically about a uh, premier dancer. and Oh, Winona Ryder. She was the other big yeah, one. Yeah, Ryder. Ryder. Um, about a premier dancer with uh, some like New York ballet company named Nina. And she's very good technically, but sounds but very kind of meek and oppressed. She lives in a tiny apartment with her mother, um, who sort of vicariously is living her dreams through this daughter. Um, and as you kind of learn, has some self-mutilation issues from her past. Um, and is vying for the role of, the lead role in uh, White Swan, or Swan Lake. Swan sorry, Lake, yeah. Swan Lake. Um, Meanwhile, their other premier dancer, played by Winona Reiner, is sort of being unceremoniously kicked out and isn't dealing with it very well. Because she's old, right. which is weird. Which is, yeah. She's odd. my age. And <laughs> which is old. I mean, that's yeah, that's yeah. a sad part of it. Right. Um, Vincent Cassell plays the, I don't know what it's called when you're the head of a director. ballet company. Yeah, yeah. Direct, they have a, a name, but I can't remember what it is, um, who is sort of this... It's Vincent Cassell, so he always puts kind of this perverted twist on every role he plays, which is why I like him, because... Because he's smug and perverted. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Smug and perverted. Um, But he is constantly challenging Nina, because he knows she can play sort of this one half of this one late character, which is the white swan, who's very sweet and innocent. But can she tap into her darker side and play the black swan? Right. And so, as you see, as this pressure is put on Nina, she sort of unravels and starts hallucinating and imagining all these things happening around her, violent things, sexual things, etc. And as the movie unfolds, you don't know what's real and what's not real. Right. Still, 
a week after you saw the movie, you still don't <laughs> you still don't know. Um, it's directed by Darren Aronofsky, as we talked earlier, who directed The Wrestler and there's one other big prominent one that I can't uh, think of. Anyway, who kind of goes to the dark? Three Kings, or is it? No, not Three Kings. No, that was yeah, Three Kings, was right? Because you said George Clooney hates him now. Yeah, but yeah. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, but um, so it's kind of typical, I think, Darren Aronofsky fare. He kind of looks at the dark side of stuff. Um. Um. So, yes. Yeah, so basically, that's the movie. So, what did you think about this? Uh, very good movie. Yes. Um, uh, Natalie Portman did very well in kind of sh- showing this slow dissension into Parent, insanity. Yeah, like paranoia. Yeah, and um, no, I mean it was, and I, I hate, I don't, I don't hate it. I'm not really into ballet, so the <laughs> fact that it pulled me in and it was, I mean, not only just watching these characters, but just watching the movements and the flu- fluidity right. is very beautiful. Right. And Mila Kunis was excellent as kind of that you don't you because you're always kind of questioning is she genuine is she right does she really mean to befriend this girl or not yeah and barbara hershey too she She was was as the mom she was was really good yeah yeah um so no i i really enjoyed it yes Uh, beginning to end it it had me on the edge of my seat i mean not in the same way as a thriller but it i i was never pulled out of it i was always really into the film agreed Yes, and I, let, I, and you, I'm sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, go ahead. you go ahead. No. no, I was just going to say, yes, the movie theater we, we saw it in was very crowded, mm-hmm. but I don't recall there being any distractions. There, you know, we've seen a few movies now. Even where, yesterday. Yeah, I think maybe people have gotten the hint that they need to turn off their effing cell phones. Someone's cell phone did ring yesterday. I don't know if you could hear it. No. It, but it, it was like brief, and then they turned it off. Right. It's probably the quality of the film as well. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. When you see a crappy movie, you tend yeah. to want like to Like if it was a lottery ticket, there would have been cell phones <laughs> going up all over the place. Agreed. Hey, man, what's going on? Um... Yes, I would agree with this. And you know, like, I like Natalie Portman, but she always, I feel like she's, and this sounds so, like, snobby, but she's, she has very safe roles. But I think she, I don't know, I just was never blown away by anything that she did. Like, she was always just kind of like, yeah, okay, she's cute, whatever. Right. But this, like, she's got some chops. So I'm excited to see what she'll do next. Yeah, I, th- I think this role was perfect for her because okay. i'm you see the first time i saw her was in the professional mm-hmm. where she's kind of this boppy kid that's, right but you know and she did great in that but right. then she's almost the same way in other roles she doesn't seem right for the role like right. you, you mentioned brothers right there was something it was like i can't really get the angst from her in this movie There's something missing but she i just thought for this film she was she was perfect Yes, I would agree. And she had a great supporting cast. That always helps. Yes, yes. Yeah. And a good director. Yeah. It sounded like they really bonded. Yeah. She and, and, and the music was great, too. I, just wanted, I mean, I, I guess it was Swan Lake. It was great, it was really yeah. Nice. So what would uh, you give it? I would give it an 8. I feel like I've given everything an 8. Yeah. I would give it a an 8.2. Okay. 8.6. Wowie. <laughs> Are you laughing at me saying wowie? Yeah. You don't say that very often. No, I don't. That's true. Okay. Um, So finally, yesterday, um, we decided to check out Blue Valentine, which stars Michelle Williams and Ryan Gosling. 
and Michelle Williams and Ryan Gosling. I don't. There were a couple supporting characters that you've seen around, but I don't know their names. They're inconsequential. (laughs) I'm just kidding. (laughs) Um, But Blue Valentine is about a couple who. the movie is sort of done through a series of flashbacks. So when it opens, they're kind of at the, they're, it's present, present day. Um, and then, but then you kind of see how they met and courted, whatever. Um, but basically it's a couple that's sort of unraveling after a few years of marriage. They have a, a little girl. Um, they're both, the, the husband has sort of a drinking problem. Um, and the wife appears to kind of have cut herself off from, the hope of getting back, you know, of fixing things with this man. I'm, I don't really know. I mean, it's really just a, a love story about yeah, these two. Yeah, it's just chronicling a relationship pretty much that... Probably goes, shouldn't have happened to begin with. Right. I yeah. mean, it's different than um, 500 Days of Summer in that 500 Days of Summer is more like... It's a little bit more shallow. Right, right. This it's, is. I think this is like really what people go through. Right. Yeah. I mean, this is like... In the shit kind of thing. Exactly. Just <laughs> Very much in Really the shit. fighting to make something work because you really want, you need it to work. Right. Other than, you know, I really like this chick. I thought it was going to go somewhere. Right. This is much deeper than that. Absolutely. And there's a lot of nuances that I don't want to give away because it's just, it's so meaty that you need to go see it, I yeah. think. This is definitely top 10 for me of t- 2010. Oh, yeah. Top five for me. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, Ryan Gosling, Michelle Williams. And I'm sorry, Ryan Gosling, I adore him. Like, the fact that he's so cute, but he chooses to do, like, these these characters that don't make him look attractive. Or, you know what I mean? Like, you, like you see, like, Ryan Reynolds, who I love and think is a good actor. But Ryan Reynolds... For the most part. I know he's done some things recently, but he plays, you know, pretty boy, romantic comedy or, you know, action hero, like stuff that gets him kind of a lot of commercial um, credibility. But I think Ryan Gosling is the real deal. Full Nelson, Lars and the Real Girl, this Blue Valentine. Full Nelson or Half Nelson? Half Nelson. Full Nelson means like your whole Johnson, right? (laughs) (laughs) Right? Yeah. No, you're right, though. Ryan Gosling. <laughs> uh, Michelle Williams is kind of the same way, too. Yeah, I mean, you think it broke back mountain and then... Totally. Yeah. And I didn't. I never really used to like her because I was kind of like, eh, she's sort of... She's a pretty girl, you think. I didn't even... I mean, she just didn't... I, she never stood out to me. But now I'm like, okay, this chick has, has some chops, yeah. for lack of a better word. But yeah, I really like this. And I kept thinking through the movie. I was like, Ryan Gosling, he's going to be one of those guys that just like, he's going to be like a Daniel Day-Lewis. Like, he'll come out every couple years, just kick the shit out of some role, and then walk away with like a million awards. You know (laughs) what I mean? Yeah. Unfortunately, I don't think that's going to happen with this one. No, no. But I think he, I mean, I think both of them deserve Best Actor nominations. Totally, totally. Well, I have two things I want to point out. One's a question, one's a comment. Okay. The comment is, you know a movie's great when you arrive late and you have to sit close to the screen, but you don't even notice that you're sitting close Agreed. to the screen. We, we both got there kind of late, and right. the traffic was horrible yesterday. <laughs> right. And that can that can take away from the movie if you're yeah. not in like the spot you want to be in. Right, totally. But I was just so completely into this movie. Yep. I mean, the acting was great. Even the costume. Like, Ryan Gosling has these glasses. They're like <laughs> they're pedophile horrible. glasses. I'm like, dude. <laughs> Only an alcoholic would wear glasses exactly. like that. And he's just greasy. And they did something to make his hairline look 
like it's farther back than it is. He's right. not attractive. Like he was not an attractive guy in that role. Not they they show kind of before and after. So right. at first you're like, oh yeah, he's cute, whatever. Right. But then later you're like, oh dude, you yeah. wonder why you're trying to like <laughs> where you can't make this work. Like, but you f- you feel for the guy totally. You feel for both of them. You do. You but really, the guy's so in love with, I think he's so in love yeah. with his wife, but it, there's a part of him that doesn't really know how to uh, express it express or, it, or how to make it work. I think his own insecurities come into play totally. there, which you see throughout the film. Right. And ultimately, I think it, but anyway, and then you have this woman, like you said, who, you know, it just, I don't know if it was out of. Well, I, I I don't know how to say it without giving anything away. Yeah, but it's there's, there's there so seem to be choices made that wouldn't have been made in other circumstances. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, there's a, a certain desperation to it that you you so relate to it, but in the same time, you're like, I hope that never happens to me. Right. That that's what I was thinking through the whole movie. Like you you have had a taste of those things. Like you know what that feels like. You know what that like that like sort of attempt to, to hold on to something that you love so much and in the same breath like get away from something that you know is so not right for you right but in the same breath you never want to feel those feelings again yeah it's so weird but then there's these great like glimpses of them as such a perfect couple that it's, they did such a great job of telling like the good with the bad. Right. There's this one scene and I I cried during the happy scenes just cuz they were so great the the emotional stuff didn't hit me as much as like their happy moments with their little girl and it was just it was a great movie great yeah. movie yeah and and like I always say, but the music was there's a song that they play a couple of times in the movie yeah. I'd never heard before it's a really nice song Beautiful. and um, uh, I don't know who the director was I don't either but we we'll have to look that up because it was really well directed. And you could tell, I think, that this was a really, like, a passion project for both of them. I think both of them produced this, too, oh, right? Really? And I, from what I heard, like, it took years for them to, like, get this going. So it was kind of cool. You could tell it meant a lot to both of them. Right. I just thought it was really great. So what would you give? I'd give it a nine. I was going to say the same thing. And 8.1. 8.1? Well. Hmm. Derek... Cian France, or I don't know, C I A N France. Yep. Um, I can't see. It. Sorry. <laughs> Can you see now? Oh, John Doman. He was the one that he's he played the uh, Michelle Williams's father. father. The little girl was cute too. She was Frankie. Yeah. But I was going to ask you a question. Okay. As far as relationships are concerned, do you okay. think that women? Like they talk about a knight in shining armor or your your prince. Yeah. You, like girls dream of this guy that they're going to marry. Yes. The perfect guy, the prince, knight in shining armor. Yes. Do you think that women get to a point, there's a certain age, whether it's mid-20s, late-20s, early-30s, where they give up. If it hasn't happened, they give up on that. And then they start to think that they just want to get the best, what the best option is. I don't think that they give up on it. I think you learn as you get older that that just doesn't exist. Like, it's not it's not that you give up, and it's not that you don't have moments where the person that you're with can be that, like, perfect, charming creature that you want. I just think, I think when you're young, for some reason, women aren't real with each other. 
like when you're a teenager, your mom doesn't tell you like, look, <laughs> even though it might appear that I'm happily married to your father, there are days when I get out of bed and I'm like, who the hell is this guy? Right. Like nobody, nobody's real with each other. So you're raised to like, your life's going to be a fairy tale and you're going to fall in love and it's going to be so magical and you're going to have kids and they're going to be well raised and you're going to have the money to support them. But you sort of get slapped in the face with life. And so the older you get, I don't, I don't think it's even that women like, I don't think it's that they settle or that they're like, well, I'm never going to find that. So I might as well just, because there's a scene in the movie where Ryan Gosling's like. Talking about that. Yeah. Like you, like you, chicks just ultimately want to marry a guy that has a job. Like that's basically what he's saying. And you, has a you, good don't, job. you don't agree with that? No, not necessarily. Okay. No, I think there are some women that do. I think, I think some, I think everybody, there are some people who just get so beat up by life that they're like, well, this person works. But I think that's men and women. But I, th- I think for, I can say for myself and for a lot of my friends, because most of my friends aren't married and we're all kind of pushing 30. So, and even a friend of mine that I has, have that is married, who's kind of talked about her evolution with her husband, because that's what she sort of thought that she had was, you know, a settled, stable life. And you right. realize that you don't necessarily get that, that it's more just learning than it is dropping your standards okay i okay man maybe it does go both ways i seem to hear a lot more like women say you know this was the guy that really grabbed me but he there was an instability there i couldn't he wasn't exactly dependable this guy is more secure you know i knew i'd have a home i knew i'd have food in the refrigerator so i went for the safer bet i've heard that a couple of times I had a friend that said, you know, he's got a good job, his finances. She never told me she was in love with him. And they're still right. married. Right. But but he was stable. And she went for the stable, safe right. way. And so... But I, just, I, but I also think that that's... I think sometimes that that's a decision that you make. It's not necessarily that... I think... I think when you're in a marriage for a long time, you fall in and out of love. Like, I think that just happens. I think it's, I think it's just something that evolves. But I think, I think it's six of one and half a dozen of the other. Yeah, you might have the guy who's like super charming and, you know, fantastic or whatever, but there, there is something to be said about someone that's capable of taking care of themselves and, and keeping a job and being successful. I mean, I don't think it's wrong to pick that over the person who doesn't have those qualities. I mean, to me, that's this person had these qualities and this person has these qualities. It's not that one's better than the other. One might hit you differently than the other, but it doesn't. I don't think one one is more diminishing. Well, if you were to on a percentage basis, what would you say the percentages of people that say of their mates this is exactly what i want it isn't perfect but this is i know this is the person that i want to be with and as compared to the percentage of people that go you know i wonder if i had done this of my friends who are currently like in a like a relationship right i'd say 70 to 80 percent say this is what i want yeah oh okay it's good (laughs) It is good. <laughs> All right. Okay. Yeah. You know, just wondering. It was something that occurred to me while we. No, I thought about that, that too, movie. actually. 
Yeah, it's an interesting concept. Yeah. So it's a shame that, you know, we have to wait like a whole year to see movies like this. I know. Everything comes out at the end of the year. Yeah. So. Why is that? Is it just because of award season? I think so. That's bullshit. Like, no, they don't have the ability to look back 12 months, 11 months, 10, 9, 8, 7 months. I, I don't think they do. Why? I think it, it gets lost in the shuffle. That's inappropriate, though. It is, but if you put something out in March or April, it's forgotten by October and November. That's crap. So. Well, Inception came out over the summer, and that did pretty well. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. I made a face. But I don't think it's going to win anything. Face. It'll win maybe special effects, but... You're right. Anyway, I don't know. Well, we rambled on. We were going to talk about Toronto, but maybe we can save that. Plus, we really don't have much to go over there. Yeah. Yeah. So. So, we will try to be better about Pee-wee and Andy Samberg get drunk. Um, we will try to be better about doing regular podcasting because we're afraid that Joe has forgotten about us since he's our only listener. Yeah. Actually, that's not true. We know we have a lot of friends that listen. Well, we, a few friends we that hope listen. they listen. They say they listen. Right. Um, so if you would like to contact us, you can. Our email address is vagabondexchange at gmail.com. You can also check out our Facebook page. It's just under Vagabond Exchange. Yep. So we so, will uh, see you guys. And, um, yes. In a couple of weeks. So. And we wish Emily safe travels. Thank you. And that's it. Yep. Bye. Bye. Hey, I'm going to make you work for your dollar. Say something with that great radio voice. When you're listening to nothing but the best of oldies, you're listening to Magic 98.9. Thank you so much. God bless you. Thank you. <laughs>